As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. Are the old world picturesque shores of Europe calling you? Set sail on an adventure with Avalon Waterways. Enjoy an elevated cruising experience. Avalon Waterways offers smaller ships, bigger experiences with fewer people and more of, well, everything good about river cruising. Don't just dream about quaint towns and cobblestone villages. See them for yourself and make lasting memories. Discover limited time offers today at avalonwaterways.com. We're on from one till four, but after four o'clock, you can hear the show as a podcast, John and Ken On Demand, also on the iHeartRadio app. Yeah, we got everything in place. Next hour, we'll be visited for uh, two rounds of the Moist Line people. We will throw somebody into the all-wonderful John and Ken hack in a dumpster dumpster that's coming up later on the show. Well, we're going to return to the subject of zero bail. Uh, this became a happening thing after all we went through in 2020. Following the death of George Floyd in Minneapolis, there was this attempt to turn on the criminal justice system and, of course, police with defund the police. But what they tried to do with the criminal justice system, while well, we know all too well with the likes of George Gascon as L.A. County District Attorney. And one of the tenets of that was a bail. Bail is just it's racist. It's it's unfair that people have to pay bail to stay. in. well, it, the reason for bail is that uh, th- these people, you want to hold on to them. Because they could recommit. They could be serious, violent people if turned back into society even before they come back for their next court appearance, if they come back for the next court appearance. So we're going to talk about the latest studies and reports on the concept of no bail with Michael Rushford, the founder, president, and chief executive officer of the Criminal Justice Legal Foundation. Hey, Michael, how are you? Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, good to, good to talk with you again. All right. Uh, we had an, a politician here who's now out of office named Bob Hertzberg, and you're probably very familiar with him. And when he was in the California legislature, he was promoting some cockamamie no bail policy for uh, several years. He came on our show and flatly insisted that the statistics prove that if you let people out without bail, there are fewer crimes committed by that crowd. And you have the study that uh, proves... That, that that's absolutely false. Yeah, and, and I'll just say at the outset, people like Hertzberg uh, 
live in an alternative universe. I don't know what color the sky is in his world, but if you've ever raised a child or ever were a teenager yourself, you know damn well if there's no consequences for bad behavior, you get some more. It's just, it doesn't make sense. But uh, in order to make the point, fortunately, there have been two data dumps on bail. In, one was in New York and the other, the state of New York, and the other one was here in California in Yolo County. Not a big county, but it confirmed what the, uh, the Manhattan Institute had determined from the data dump in New York, and that is releasing criminals on bail. Uh, you end up rearresting like 70 to 80 percent of them for a new crime within 18 months, uh, let alone whether they re- show up for court. And in both states, New York introduced a bail reform law in 2020, which essentially eliminated bail for almost all crimes. And then when the pandemic hit, uh, they, they didn't even hold a hearing for these guys. They just released them. The study by the the uh, New York State Division of Criminal Justice, it just released the numbers and Manhattan Institute put them together and noticed that the number of arrests of people who are on their own recognizance or no no money bail uh, went from uh, 166 in 2019 to 445, and this is per month, in 2021. Uh, two and a half times more arrests, and each month, 300 of those arrests were for felonies. Now, that's pretty bad, a pretty bad track record for zero bail, and as you know, something like 50% of murders and like 43% of violent crimes are committed by minorities, which zero bail was supposed to you know, make more fair for them, and 90% of their victims are other minorities. So all you're doing when you let criminals out on zero bail is turning them loose back to their communities to attack and kill and rob and rape other people of their same race. Now, all right, uh, here, here's, here's the nub of this that we've been talking about for a long time now. They always disguise their motives as being racial. They'll yeah. say too many minorities getting uh, thrown in p- prison, held without bail, right? All, everything about prison release and no bail is about too many minorities are in prison. Yeah. Yet when they let the prisoners out and when they give people no bail, you end up with far more minorities the victim of crimes, violent Precisely. crimes, killed. So yeah. I wonder, is it really race or is it just about destroying the system? Well, it's it's hard to deny that that motive has to be there when even black legislators and in New York, um, uh, a black police chief for one of the big areas down there went before the New York legislature and he was black and most of the committee was black and they wouldn't listen to his statistics on this. They, th- they, th- they threw him out. They wouldn't let him talk. They disinvited him when they knew what he was going to say. Because I he, get he was talking about the victims being largely minority. Yeah, and and, and and that these policies are creating these victims. Now, the other study was done in Yolo County. As I said, it's, it was a smaller study, but it, it was more rigorous. Uh, and what it confirmed was is that these releases do matter. They took 100 offenders uh, randomly selected from 2018-2019 uh, who had to pay bail to get out. And then they took 100 offenders from 2020 to 2021 when the state 
our state, California, abolished bail for all but the most for, uh, murder and rape. So a car thief, and as you know in L.A., car thieves were getting out the same day they stole the car and going and stealing another car during that period. Anyway, they, they looked at what they were doing and looking at their rearrest rates. The average recidivism rate for those released on zero bail was 78%. Wow. For inmates that were, or, or arrestees that were sent out on bail, they had to pay bail, it was 46%. But, 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 but what you said about that, that, that committee made up of largely minority legislators and the, the, that, that official who was trying to explain all these statistics, it, it, it's very striking to me because we've gone from two sides disagreeing and, and having two different theories or interpreting data differently to that side doesn't want you to speak anymore. You're not yeah, allowed to speak out. Okay, right. That's a whole different, that's an entirely different phenomenon here, which is true yeah, with a lot of these woke progressives. They don't want anything discussed out loud anymore. It's shutting down uh, any dissent, any alternative thinking. And you don't accomplish much when you do that. And it's happening in a lot of areas, as you know, in medicine and, and they all freak kinds out. of public policy. They get, they get really angry and they get emotional. Uh, like, like little children, they cover their ears. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and it, now you're wrong for even talking out loud about it, let alone that you have some horrible, heinous opinion. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's really strange. Well, until, they get, until they get mugged. That's that's the old st uh, a liberal is a or a conservative is a liberal who got mugged. I mean, I bet Barbara Boxer's attitude on crime is a lot different than she got mugged in broad daylight down in Oakland a few years ago. Um, having it's almost like we have to let we should let all the criminals into parts of the town where most of the liberals are, so they can all get mugged. <laughs> Uh, uh, that way, that we'd end up with a lot better. Maybe we get rid of the DA down there. Um, didn't you, it, did it, uh, did New York modify their zero bail when they had? This oh no, no, they're they're going further. They are. Um, oh, last year they <laughs> passed a law to stop calling um, uh, prison inmates uh, repeat offenders. They call them or calling them prison inmates. They call them incarcerated persons because it would help them rehabilitate themselves better. All this so really of smacks of the policies that that communist governments had. Just erasing yeah. language, erasing concepts that are not approved of anymore. This is directly out of communist Russia and communist China. But there is, there is, I've been through this drill before. Uh, I mean, I was doing this work in the 80s. There becomes a point when crime gets so bad, and I think we've got to be pretty close to it, uh, where the public, the sleepy public that's busy just trying to make a living, stands up and says, I'm throwing these, these bums out. Who's causing the problem? The key to the solution is voices like yours and others that are show, telling the people where the problem is. So that when they, the neighbor gets killed or the little girl across the street gets kidnapped or somebody sets your car on fire, you, you can turn on the radio or look at the newspaper and say, okay, these policies created this environment I'm living in and I don't like it. So hopefully in the next couple of election cycles – we can start to wash out these pro-criminal fools that shouldn't be making laws for anybody. All right, Michael, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it. My pleasure. All right, Michael thank Rushford you. is the founder, president, and chief executive officer of the Criminal Justice Legal Foundation. 
And he just wrote a column about uh, studies that have come out that zero bail has been a disaster. High recidivism rates. Another keyword is coming up. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. All right, we go back to the presidential election of 2020. Anybody remember that? No? Trump against Biden? I, I, I was there. We were covering it, right? And, uh, of course, but you know what happened in the uh, weeks afterwards. Uh, Trump was uh, screaming about uh, election fraud. And what what ended up playing out on the cable news channel Fox News was Fox News was uh, bringing on guests who were attacking a large voting systems company called Dominion. Uh, they're based in Colorado. And uh, they brought a lot of guests on who were claiming election fraud on behalf of Trump. Including Rudy Giuliani. Uh, right. And, and uh, some nutty attorney, a woman named Sidney Powell. Sidney Powell was everywhere at the time. I didn't watch a lot of this coverage, but I kept seeing her name in so many stories. So eventually Dominion had enough and they filed a defamation suit against Fox News. And Fox News, of course, uh, filed a counterclaim. There might be a trial coming up in April unless uh, a judge dismisses one or both well, of the suits. Well, it, it hurt their business. Because, the, the, yeah, they provide voting machines for nations around the world. And here you had uh, the president of the United States and his advisors and Fox News pushing the idea that their system is uh, completely corrupt and fake. And uh, that's why they want a billion and a half dollars in damages. Yeah. The Fox counterclaim is that they didn't lose any business out of this. That the Dominion did not get hurt by this. But they did not lose any clients or accounts. Uh, it is a $1.6 million defamation lawsuit against the network. It's a massive amount of money. So what we're seeing now in preparation for a possible trial in April is some of the internal documents being uh, filed with the court. And some of them are being made public. And I guess the most interesting thing about that is that uh, it looks like some of the hosts at Fox News, even though they were bringing on guests who were screaming voter fraud and saying bad things about Dominion voting systems, uh, they weren't buying it. Uh, Tucker Carlson apparently told the producer, I guess he sent an email or something, uh, Sidney Powell is lying, called her an unguided missile and dangerous as hell. Fellow host Laura Ingraham told uh, Tucker Carlson that Powell is a complete nut. No one will work with her. Ditto with Rudy. So behind the scenes... They were clearly not big fans of this idea that uh, Dominion voting systems stole the election from Trump. Hannity uh, said Rudy Giuliani was acting like an insane person, and Laura Ingram agreed, such an idiot. But they continued pushing it because that's what a chunk of their audience wanted to hear. And they were yeah. afraid that they were going to lose audience to other conservative channels that were more friendly to the idea that uh, Trump had the election stolen. Right. So they were stuck between clearly this was a circus, clearly this was false, but they didn't want to offend their audience. And this is very similar to what you see in a lot of newspapers who have ended up with a very liberal audience, and so they feed them a lot of progressive nonsense every day. <laughs> so you, you have, and, and this is why there was a Gallup poll out this week that, only 25% of the country thinks the media is not trying to lie and mislead the public every day. 
25%. That's the trust rating now for the media. They've all blown their brands. CNN blew their brand. You see what Fox is about here. You see what the New York Times or the Washington Post is about. You know, they, they, they were constantly pushing the, uh, the Russian hoax conspiracy. Meantime, Fox was pushing for months and months this voter fraud conspiracy. Both sides were pushing a lot of lies because they were trying to pander to the people who watch the most uh, devotedly, the ones who show up the most and stick with the channel the longest. Right. And so now you end up at a point where there's nobody to believe. I mean, so Fox I, is yeah, Fox is just standing by the First Amendment here. They're also saying a lot of this is just protected opinion. The judge actually has decided that Dominion can be treated like a public figure. So they're not like some protected private entity that's being disparaged by these comments. It, it is tough to win defamation cases uh, against the media uh, because Fox's argument is, hey, this was the news, so we were covering it. Now, they we were, bought on the guests who just gave their opinions. Now, they were disproportionately covering it and favoring the pro-Trump guests because, again, that's what a big chunk of their audience wanted to hear. Right. Maybe other news outlets gave a little bit of time to the nuts, but maybe gave more proportional time to people who were explaining the obvious that there is there was zero evidence that there was any fraud widespread enough to, to tilt an election. It just didn't exist. I mean, I remember... There were, there were 60 court cases that Trump's crowd brought, 60. And they went over 60. Well, once you go over 60, you got to go home. <laughs> and so, but So Dominion has to prove with a preponderance of the evidence that Fox, their hosts, the network acted with actual malice or reckless disregard for the truth. And that might be a high bar mm. well, to, to cover. Some of the hosts pushed... Uh, push the uh, theory. Like they, they got rid of Lou Dobbs because uh, Lou Dobbs was a financial host on the Fox Business Channel. Yeah. And he was very blatantly pushing the fraud theory. It wasn't just his guest saying so, it was he saying so. Well, he was and, all in. Huh? Yeah. And Fox, Fox eventually dismissed him because that he was particularly dangerous. If they let him keep going on, yeah, they would have even more convincingly been liable. All right, we'll be back. John and Ken, KFI, AM640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. Well, we're getting closer to the 3 o'clock hour on Friday, which brings us two rounds of the moist line, a hack for the dumpster, and yes, the final keyword on the John and Ken show for now for your chance to win $1,000 in the KFI cash refill contest. Uh, Conway will continue to have a few more words, but the contest ends today. It'll come back eventually, probably with a new name. So stand by for all that in the busy three o'clock hour uh it's worth noting we've talked about how the sacramento communist planners have really been on a roll lately uh one thing they did was they passed a law concerning fast food restaurants they wanted to set up this council which will determine the wages and benefits for fast food workers basically displacing uh, private enterprise, like a communist government would do. They would dictate all the terms. Uh, they also passed a law, which, um, by the way, the fast food law has been put on hold because we're going to vote on it. They also passed a law concerning what uh, doctors can say about COVID to their patients and deciding that that also uh, has to be determined by us. We're the arbiters of all the truth about COVID. Something else that they've been doing, and we've been covering this for a few years, is determining what your neighborhood looks like 
in terms of what kinds of housing is in your neighborhood. They have passed these bills in Sacramento, basically overriding local zoning ordinances so that they can put up, you know, apartment buildings or just more housing in in cities up and down the state. One place that is fighting back is Huntington Beach. Huntington Beach apparently is ready to file a lawsuit against the state, and the state is probably going to file a lawsuit against Huntington Beach. They're challenging what they call the regional housing needs allocation mandate that they build 13,368 units. Yeah, the state's in, trying to Huntington Beach. The state wants to f- force suburban areas to build big apartment complexes because they say so. They've decided you don't have enough people, right? Yeah. So um, they want more uh, densely populated uh, areas. Now, people choose Huntington Beach because they want to live in a single family house. If you wanted to live in an apartment with a thousand other people, there's other cities to pick. You know, like, uh, you know, go to Wilshire Boulevard on the west side of L.A. They have these massive apartment structures that have hundreds and hundreds of people inside. So go live there. People don't want to. Single family house, not far from the beach. And and the emphasis on that is family. Families like to live in single family, standalone homes. Right. Most families want to. The only There's reason about- The only reason families are stuck in an apartment most of the time is because they can't afford it yet. Give you an idea, Huntington Beach has about 200,000 people. So if you're going to add over 13,000 units and there's several people in unit households, that's a significant increase to the population. Oh, and you know some of it's going to That be, could be like upwards of 40,000 people. And some of it's going to be euphemisms like affordable housing. Well, that's exactly what this you, is all and, about. Right? And you know what that means. It's going to be vagrant housing. So uh, they had a news conference the other day, and one of the Huntington Beach officials, the mayor, Tony Strickland, said uh, it's pretty clear that Sacramento wants to urbanize Huntington Beach. The people of Huntington Beach don't want to be an urban community. They like the suburban coastal community that it is today. So we're going to fight this. Well, historically, zoning has been the uh, province of uh, a a local town. Yeah, exactly. And the the, people vote for the local officials most directly, and they should have the say as to how their town grows or doesn't grow. But yeah, what you have up in Sacramento are a lot of weirdos like Scott Wiener. Uh, Well, it's it's the communists who think that we know best, and we should determine and dictate all policy. And they're going to tell you how to live. And guys like Scott Wiener, and he's this legislator up in San Francisco, and almost every idea out of his empty head has been a really bad idea. And and they're and their ideas against middle class suburban families. You know, they're the ones who don't want you driving cars to work and back. They don't want you to have a swimming pool. They don't want you to have grass lawns. They don't want you to have a house. No lawn, no pool, no car, no house. And they pass laws to try to make it more difficult to enjoy life on your terms. Because they say so. So the state may pull what's called the builder's remedy. It allows project developers to submit housing projects without regard to local zoning and general plan standards. If 20% of the units are designated affordable housing or 100% or moderate income housing. So that may be the trick they're going to try to pull on them. They're going to just override Huntington Beach's local approvals. I would imagine before that happens, this will go to court somehow. Now, Huntington Beach's argument is that they're a charter city. 
and I guess charter cities in the state get certain independent protections. That's what they're arguing. Yeah, about. charter cities, supposedly, their decisions supersede state law in certain cases. Right. But that that's yeah, that's a complicated court case that's going to go on for years. So what 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 resistance is good because you at some extent you just wait them out. You create a complicated legal process. Years go by, new administrations come in. Maybe this isn't the focus of the new administration because people aren't going to put up with this. No, you know they, they they they've artificially limited the amount of housing that can be built in this state, and that's why prices are high. It's 100% on these uh, jackals in Sacramento. And I've been following this a bit. A lot, what a lot of towns and cities are doing, we talked about Atherton. It's a very wealthy community up in the Silicon Valley in the Bay Area that they're fighting it too. But a lot of other towns and cities are just doing nothing. It's like, well, if you're really going to make us do this, you're going to have to push this. They're not really... I don't think anybody embraced this and said, oh, yeah, you're right. We'll build tons of new low-income housing. Nobody no. wants that, nobody right? Want, no, because nobody wants to live among low-income housing uh, neighborhoods. Nobody does. And the thing is, there's more middle to upper class people in these California towns than there are uh, lower income people. And, right. and, and people pick a town in order to isolate themselves by class. I mean, almost every town or every section in a city is organized for a particular class. And, and that's the way human beings are. We don't actually mix together real well when you're from different classes and in many other ways as well. But, you know, you, you end up, you end up with, with, with different, uh, different stores, different restaurants, different uh, uh, car dealerships, everything. People who have money want to be segregated from people without money to some extent. I don't care how left-wing they say they are. You'd go by their choices, look where they live and how they live. And basically, we've always been guided by market forces, supply and demand. And a a better neighborhood and a better area will have more demand, and it will be probably more well-off people. They tend to congregate and live in those towns and cities. But that's kind of the way it's always been. That's freedom. Yeah, this is an attempt to force some sort of equity did you have a certain percentage of all different no. classes of people in your town? It's the freedom to associate with who you want, the freedom to live with who you want, uh, not not to have the uh, central planning communists in Sacramento tell you who you're going to live with. Oh, by the way, here's another sign. Uh, well, another sign that uh, Newsom is running for president. Oh, yeah? He has uh, declared the wealth tax dead. Oh, that just happened, huh? Yeah, that would uh, that would that was on uh, uh, taxing all the assets of the wealthy, including their stocks, even if they haven't sold the socks stocks. Uh, Newsom's, that was the one where even if you move, they're coming after you. Yeah, Newsom said a wealth tax was not part of the conversation. Such proposals are going nowhere. Yeah, that same thing happened last year. That same guy introduced it. Yeah, it's, that, that it's Alex Lee. We threw in the dumpster. Alex Lee. He, yeah, he's this uh, little wiener. Again, not a family guy. He's been living with his mom. He had a jo- job delivering food, and somehow he's become this great uh, tax legislator trying to steal billions of dollars from wealthy people. It, it pisses me off because you know, I, I was t- telling somebody about this the other day. You know, I hear all this, all these weird, uh, uh, this weird anger from time to time about somebody like Jeff Bezos. And it's like, he went and he, and, he, and he built Amazon. This is the greatest delivery service in the history 
of humankind. He did it. You didn't. And, and you're busy buying stuff from his service anyway. So he gets to have his billions of dollars because he did something. You, Alex Lee didn't do anything. Alex Lee was pr- probably delivering Amazon products. All right, we got more coming up. John and Ken, KFI AM640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. Well, money got to work. Uh, coming up after the news at 3 o'clock, another one of these stories that people in Culver City are concerned because Apple's going to open up a brand new headquarters there as they continue to make inroads into the streaming world that it's going to change the neighborhood. It's kind of like what we were just talking about. Huntington Beach is fighting, trying to bring in more affordable housing. But this is the opposite fear. That, oh, no, it's only going to be wealthy people. We can't afford to live here. Mm. We'll uh, delve into this because we love it when the Times does stories like this. Uh, the term is gentrification. Oh, it's going to change. So let's see, it's going to reduce a low-income, disgusting neighborhood into something middle-class or upper-class. That's such a shame. Yeah, code word for it's getting a big facelift, an upgrade. I know. I, I, I'm always amazed that some media outlets like the Times, it's just like, you know, oh, people are, are um, poor and we should just accommodate and we should just respect. And should should... the uh, entertainment and tech jobs go to some other state? Aren't they already doing that? Yeah, it's a good point. Aren't half the Hollywood productions now out of state? Uh, Isn't a lot of tech moving to uh, Nevada and Miami? I don't don't understand. What do do you want? Who's going to pay the bills if you don't have uh, huge companies that employ thousands and thousands of taxpayers? Where where are you going to get the money from for all your uh, wacko social programs? I'll talk about that coming up. Yeah, we have two rounds of the moist line, and we'll have a hack for the dumpster Apparently, uh, China's claiming that uh, we flew a balloon over their territory. It looks like they had to close down some airspace. They're claiming it's our, it's one of our spy balloons that's been yeah. flying over a part of China. And they're just a bunch of liars. They want to turn the story around. Listening to them is like listening to Newsom. Okay, what's, what's today? What's the lie of the day today? What's, what's today's propaganda? Yeah, in fact, uh, one of our officials said they're now claiming that there's a gazillion balloons by the U.S. flying over China. It's not true. They're just trying to change the narrative. Awfully defensive for a country that sent one weather balloon our way, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're I right. Mean, That's what if, they pretend it is. If anything, the Northern Illinois uh, bottle cap balloon brigade are the ones who should be angry. Yeah, exactly. All right. I don't know who would do something like this. We have a story from ABC7 and their reporter, Jaisha Patel, on, uh, I've never heard of this before because when I first saw the story, I thought it was an attempt to collect money fraudulently. Doesn't look like it's exactly that. Uh, let's play the story from ABC7 on this memorial. This is 13-year-old Jamari Baker. His mom, Sophia Davis, says he's an autistic student at Bethune Middle School. Davis says on February 6th, she received a phone call from the school. Someone created a fake memorial for her son saying he passed away, even though he's very much alive. Candles and food were left on the ground in front of pictures saying, R.I.P. Jamari Baker, we will miss you. One paper even saying breaking news shot and killed by gang members in South L.A. He basically just was like, why would somebody want to harm me? Why would they want to do this to me? I don't bother no one, you know, and 
it's just been really hard for him. Like, he just locks up in his room. Baker's family is calling for a state investigation. They say they're unsure if a student or staff member created the fake memorial. We really believe that someone should be held accountable. Sophia has reached out to several people with no response, yes. which is absolutely absurd. Justice should be served for Jamari and all other children who are being bullied in this way. The family went into the school office asking for a meeting with the principal, but Jamari's mom says she still has a lot of unanswered questions. You said you're going to update me on everything, and none of that happened. None of it. She didn't she didn't call me. She haven't kept in contact with me. I had to come down here over and over again. Davis says she's taken her son out of the school and he's currently being homeschooled. She wants to find a new school for her son and wants to get to the bottom of who created the memorial. We reached out to the Los Angeles Unified School District about the memorial. Their statement says in part, any threat on campus, alleged or otherwise, is taken seriously. And each incident is fully investigated by our law enforcement partners. Los Angeles Unified does not condone any type of misconduct in our schools. It just breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. But I love my son. And I want to do anything to protect him. It's just the weirdest story. Now, would this be considered a prank or some form of bullying? Yeah. To set up a memorial telling other kids yeah. at the school this 13-year-old. Yeah, they're making, they're making fun of the autistic kid. That he that he died in a, mm-hmm. from a gang shooting? Yeah. That's uh, that's that's the uh, psychosis. And they put down candles and a, there was a photo of him. Did you see the picture? Yeah. People it's, put down food. Hey, the, the you know what? And the thing is, I I I don't understand. There's more like woke programs that kids have to sit through in school now than ever before, and all kinds of anti-bullying programs that go on. And yet, when something happens, the administrators they never respond. They, they never help. Yeah, you're right. They think they would jump on this because it's a clear case of bullying. I mean, that New Jersey story, they got video of these girls kicking the the, the crap out of this uh, 14-year-old blonde, and she committed suicide a couple of days later. And all the parents are screaming at the administrators. And I, I saw some video of this. And the administrators are standing there going, well, you know, you know, we followed all the proper procedures according to law. And I was watching them saying, why do all the administrators do this? Why does every one of them not respond in the moment, punish the people who were committing the uh, crimes, not protect the innocent, and then after something really horrible happens, then they 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 start uh, reading prepared statements on how they followed all the proper procedures. <laughs> uh, I it's it's the same thing over and over again. It's like who are these people who get into uh, administrative work for schools? Who are they? Because they all seem like soulless robots, <clears throat> cowardly and and cruel. And it's the same person that's been going on for decades. Nothing ever changes. In fact, their statement did say the safety of our students and employees uh, 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 is our well, top priority. Top priority. That is exactly word for word the same statement that every school, every company puts out when something bad happens. The safety of our customers, the safety of our students is our top priority. That that that, that must be a boilerplate uh, message. That's probably one of those uh, AI messages, right? Artificial intelligence is now writing, uh, doing automatic writing oh, yeah, for some businesses. Are. So right. that's what that's what it produces. Just say it's uh, safety is our top priority. Thank you. Thank you for asking. But it's the most strange, complicated kind of little 
bullying example to do to set up a memorial that somebody died. Uh, I could definitely see that. I could you definitely could see, see that, huh? Yeah, jackass kids. Oh, yeah, because, uh, yeah, jackass kids uh, shaped by social media. Oh, you're right. They may have seen a video where something like that happened. And they yes. thought, I, should, I could pull something like that off. Yeah, all, all you got is one jackass says, oh, you know what would be funny? Why don't we start a GoFundMe uh, uh, to raise money, uh, uh, memorial for uh, whatever kid, you know, the, the kid who's dinged. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk about another one of these stories where the community is concerned that uh, if a large uh, business opens a brand new building in the neighborhood, oh, my God, what's that going to do to the rents? What's that going to do to our quality of life? I think it's going to make it better for most people who can stay. It actually raises property values. But will it push out people who uh, can't keep up? John and Ken, KFI, AM640. We're live everywhere the iHeartRadio app. Deborah Mark live in the 24-hour KFI newsroom. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. See new things. Try new things. Go back centuries while living in the moment. Forge new paths while discovering old ones. Pedal, paddle, and paint while trekking, tasting, and tailoring experiences that transform you into a better version of yourself. Immerse yourself in the world by activating your mind, your heart, and your body on a river cruise exclusively from Avalon Waterways. Save with limited time offers at AvalonWaterways.com. Avalon is cruising. Elevated.